Hi, welcome to the Drive Time in the Morning podcast. This is your host, Ray Ortega. And today we'll explore where business ideas come from and how you can come up with your own. One of my favorite clips from the movie, The Social Media Network, uh, it's the scene where the character playing um, Justin Timberlake is playing Sean Parker, uh, and he's talking to the character who plays Mark Zuckerberg that uh, he has the uh, once-in-a-lifetime idea, uh, obviously the holy you-know-what idea, um, of creating Facebook. And uh, so the topic today on this podcast is about creating ideas and ideas in general. Um, And the thing about ideas is everyone has one, creates one, comes up with one every once in a while. Um, There's a misconception that ideas are hard to come by, but the reality is they're around us every single day. There are different ways you can create ideas, um, but some of them just come naturally. Some come in the bathroom. Some come in the shower. Uh, You never know. Uh, Ideas come from everywhere. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about just ideas and how they come about in different ways and more structured ways that we can come up with ideas or ideas can come up for business ideas. The issue is, is some people believe that you need to be creative to come up with an idea, a new business idea, that you have some level of creativity. Now I could tell you firsthand, I lack creativity in probably more ways than I can imagine. I'm a very logical person, software engineer by trade, uh, very technical, very knowledgeable, but very logical very difficult for me to take a blank canvas and paint on a blank canvas. However, provide me a painting and I can tell you how to make it better. And that's my forte. Now, there are people out there that have that same capability. There used to be an exam. Back when I was a kid uh, in high school, we used to take these exams to determine what kind of field uh, you could go into as far as whether you're going to be a lawyer or doctor, police officer, those kind of things. Part of that exam was to assess the ability for you to be creative or the ability for you to be a problem solver. Because there's two types of people. There are those who know how to start, and then there are those who know how to finish. And part of that exam is is the whole concept is if, if, let's say, you are an innovative person Out of the top of your head, you could take a blank canvas of absolutely nothing and you can make a phenomenal painting and you can make a a masterpiece. You tend to fall along the lines of those types that are, you're an engineer, but you could be an engineer that creates new concepts and new diagrams and things of that nature. Or you can be a painter, obviously, or you uh, you can be an artist, you can draw. But if you're more inclined to take things that have already been created and make them better, then you fall into a different line of work, uh, whether it be uh, an engineer that solves problems, um, or even if you are if you draw, you paint, you kind of finish what others have started. So that, So when I was growing up, the biggest issue I had was I couldn't start from scratch. I, in fact, even till today, I can't really start from scratch. 
I could sit there and look at a blank wall or a blank canvas or anything like that, and I just stare at it, and I have no clue how to move forward. However, I was blessed with the ability to look at a situation and be able to solve a problem and make improvements on what's already there. And to me, that's a gift. That's a gift that I that I have. But And there are other people out there that have that same ability, but yet there are people who are phenomenally creative. I know several people in my lifetime that I've met that I just wish I had one little inkling of their creativity because they can literally look at a blank canvas and create a masterpiece. And so the thing with ideas is people think you have to have that ability to look at that blank canvas and make that masterpiece, but you don't. There's several ways to create ideas that are either new, right? Brand spanking new, or you make improvements on current ideas that exist. For instance, Facebook in reality is an idea that already existed and it was modified and changed and, and, and improved to be able to create the experience that people enjoyed as Facebook when it first came out. The idea that this was a new social media network was far from the truth considering there was already Friendster, MySpace, there's several other ones. So that shows you that an improvement on something that already exists could still be construed as something new just because it's improved. However, you know, look at um, look at things like the iPhone. You know, the iPhone in itself is a quote-unquote new product at the time it was created. But what it was is it was a facet of a bunch of other ideas that were combined together to make one big idea, which is the iPhone. So that gives you an idea of kind of how Creativity works. Uh, creativity doesn't have to be brand new, a new idea. It could be improvements on other things that have been created in the past. And so today, as we're talking about ideas, what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out, you know, how do you create an idea from scratch? If you have, if you're an entrepreneur or you're a inspiring entrepreneur and you're someone that wants to have a business of your own and you're trying to figure out what should I do? you have the ability to either create something new or improve on other things that are out there. Some people feel like they can't do both. So what they do is they end up just taking on a business that already has a set system in place, already has the creativity behind it. Basically, all you have to do is execute. So there are opportunities like that in the business world. And some people take those opportunities, like franchising is a perfect example. You may not know how to create a pizza. You may not know how to improve on that pizza. But if you own, let's say, a Domino's or Papa John's or Pizza Hut or whatever, you're just taking a system that's already been pre-built, pre-designed, and all you have to do is execute. Uh, my father's a perfect example of someone like that. My father, not a very creative person, and he'll tell you, but he is very good at solving problems. But when he came to this country, he really wasn't sure how to start a new business or how to get into the business world, but he really wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was his focus. So what he did is he bought grocery stores that were already established and well, bought his first grocery store that was established and worked it until he was able to earn enough money to buy a gas station. And back in the 1980s, or actually it was the late 70s, early 80s, Gas stations were, it's a system. It's already a system in place. There's nothing new to learn except for how to operate the gas station. 
So my dad got into that business of buying businesses that already existed, already had a system in place, didn't require as much creativity, but what it did require was the ability to have some business acumen and business sense in order to run it to be more successful than what it was. And that was his forte. And so again, not a new idea, not an idea that he generated, but something that helped him get to his final goal of being an entrepreneur and actually having businesses throughout his life. And so, as I was saying, so like I said, several ways to create new ideas. Um, we're going to go straight into it. So, um, so the first thing is when you're creating a new idea, sometimes it is fostered out of a personal situation or a personal problem or something that had happened to you in the past. And sometimes those are the ones that tend to be more successful. There tends to be more passion behind that idea. So, so basically you may ask yourself, do I need this or does it exist? Um, a perfect example of that is, uh, is the market of do-it-yourself automotive fixing. So you have companies like Discount Auto Parts, AutoZone. The developers of that kind of, of that business, they started that business for the sheer fact of back in the old days uh, when you needed a car part or you needed something for your, if you, if you needed a car part or something like that, you had to go to a dealership. Um, and the thing is, when you go to a dealership, they charge you a lot of money. Sometimes they would have to service the part or the car, and it would put you in a bind, essentially. So you were forced to have to go to the dealership and go through the manufacturer. So then someone says, wait a minute. Like, you got to be kidding me. I, I have to go back to the car dealership every single time. Like, why... Why can't I just, you know, be able to purchase these parts myself? And so discount auto parts stores started coming out because of the sheer fact of someone just didn't want to have to go to the dealership to purchase their parts and, and essentially install them on their car, you know, via the dealership. On top of that, in the last 10 years or so, We've seen a huge influx of these uh, discount auto parts stores and AutoZone stores are either buying up or creating online video content to teach people how to do-it-yourself installs on their own cars. Again, this is an idea that kind of came about of, okay, well, you know, it's really difficult to, to install car parts um, especially, I don't know if you're like me, I, I'm not an automotive guy at all. My brother is, he's an amazing, um, mechanic. Uh, so is my cousin, uh, so are several people in my family, but I'm not, I'm definitely not an auto automotive guy at all. And so I'm one of those guys. It's like, okay, well, uh, let's say my, my 2002 Toyota Corolla, this happened years ago. I had to go, uh, my air conditioning just stopped working and I found out it was, a, it was something called a blower fan. Um, so I went out and I bought the Chilton book on the 2002 Toyota Corolla and read through it front to back on how do I fix my AC unit. And again, I'm not an automotive guy. Luckily for me, Toyotas and Hondas tend to be bolt-on parts, at least the old versions of those cars. So it, was, it gave me the ability to actually go in and actually do the work myself. But when I got those books, I mean, it was a book. I have horrible reading comprehension first and foremost. 
So I already knew that I was I had a problem. But in any case, I tried really hard to make sure to, to fix my own car because at the time I really didn't have the money to not fix my own car. So I had to learn how to take apart the dashboard, get to the blower fan. Then when I got to the blower fan, I had to learn how to take it out. The only benefit and only thing that I had going for me was I had I have a degree in audio engineering, which involved component level parts. So like how to solder parts and things like that. So that's the only benefit that I had going into this whole endeavor. And when I took out the the fan, the issue it looked like was um, an electrical circuit wasn't working correctly. So when I bypassed the electrical circuit and I went directly to the fan, the fan turned on uh, temporarily. But then I overheated the fan and something else happened. So I had to buy a new fan anyways. So at the time, you know, I I didn't know how to actually replace this fan. I just knew how to take it out based on this Chilton thing. But the thing is, again, I'm reading, horrible reading comprehension. But these companies like AutoZone and Discount Auto Parts, if you go to their website, they actually have an area where they have video tutorials on how to take apart all this stuff and how to do the actual work. On top of that, uh, in the similar sense, my that same car, my headliner went bad. And my wife actually, we ordered the, a new headliner and the company that sent us the new headliner sent us to the AutoZone website where it shows us how to install the new headliner. And so, so the idea of creating these videos, whether it would be via those companies or whether they acquired another company that came up with the idea of creating these videos, these are ideas that were created out of necessity. It's something that they just someone came up with that says, I don't want to deal with this. And, and how do I how do I come up with something that I don't have to deal with this in the future? And so that's kind of where the first set of ideas come. They come from personal experience. Um, a good example is that like Rock Auto. Um, I don't know if you've heard those commercials, but Rock Auto is a perfect example. That company is an online company that sells car parts. And and what makes them successful is it's simple. You go to their website. You look for the car, the car that you have, the model, and then you can narrow down to all the specific components of your car and figure out what part that you need to buy. To me, that's amazing. It's it's just an easier way to find car parts. And again, that's an idea that that's brewed out of a personal experience. It's really hard to buy car parts. Even if you know what part to buy, where do you go? And when you go to AutoZone or Discount Auto Parts, how many of you have to stand in line? you know, to, to wait for an attendant to help you find a part. Then if you find the part, is it the right part at all? So those are all questions that come up and issues that come up. But if you are a car enthusiast and you know how to fix your own car, why should you have to go through all of that? If you could just go to a website, basically click a few drop downs and there you go. You get to order your car part. So that's basically the first necessity or the first way of how ideas get generated straight out of necessity from personal experiences. And so that's one way to do it. That's one way to come up with ideas. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause real quick so that we can have uh, some word from our sponsors. And, uh, and then we'll continue this conversation. The Drive Time in the Morning podcast is sponsored by Grata Software, the experts in solving business problems with innovative cloud-based solutions. With Grata, you focus on your business, we focus on your technology. Go to www.gratasoftware.com for more information. 
Additional sponsor is Huyu Media, your premier partner in building your brand credibility through content. With services from social media, audio, video, and blog content creation, Huyu builds your online presence and brand. You can find out more information by going to www.huyumedia.com. That's H-U-Y-U-Media.com. And now back to the podcast. And we're back to our topic here, talking about idea generation. Again, we just went over the personal um, reason why you would come up with an idea, basically through personal experiences. Uh, we touched on that very shortly. Um, and we went over the do-it-yourself automotive fixing scenario uh, that you would find through Discount Auto Parts, AutoZone, those kind of companies, where they create a an environment that allows a user to or a, a customer to be able to fix their own vehicle using their own online tutorials and, and things of that nature uh, with the purchase of the parts. So uh, we just went over that. And so now we'll, let's move on to the next way to create ideas. So one of the other ways to create ideas is basically just pure curiosity, asking questions. Um, usually uh, growing up, you usually hear, you know, curiosity kills the cat. Well, for idea generation, curiosity is very important. Uh, in fact, um, I believe it was Steve Jobs in his book um, uh, talks about uh, staying curious um, and basically challenging people to be curious and ask questions um, about what is possible and what can be done. I know a lot of innovators, that's how they come up with their ideas, is curiosity. Um, so that's just one another way to, to do it. Um, you need to be asking why. Like, why do, why do certain things work the way they do? Um, why do certain things operate in a fashion? Uh, there's a lot of answers to those kind of questions um, that you'll get, especially when you ask the right people and you ask the right questions. You always hear, uh, make sure you ask the right questions, right? It's not just a matter about asking any question, but asking the right questions um, and, and establishing um, or having that kind of um, ex uh, knowledge and expertise uh, that actually helps. Um, so... Again, ideas can come from curiosity, uh, basically by asking questions and asking why. Um, sometimes new thoughts come out of that. So, for instance, um, one thing, I worked at a company that uh, did online prescriptions. And so this company essentially was created from the concept of or the idea of what is a simpler way to earn or to get prescription drugs? Now, when President Barack Obama uh, was, when he was president, uh, he established this uh, thing in healthcare where it required healthcare companies to start moving more towards the digital realm and providing online resources and, and digital resources for healthcare, whether it be uh, getting prescriptions online, whether it be uh, you know conducting medical treatment over the over the web or anything like that it's it was kind of a push during his presidency and a lot of it came by this asking of the question why um, the company i worked for more specifically was in the specialty pharmacy realm and they supported and supplied specialty pharmacy drugs to customers especially with customers who couldn't afford the very expensive drugs. Some of them went anywhere from between $20,000 a month to $100,000 a month, depending on the, the type of drug and the type of treatment. Um, it's unfortunate, but 
cancer treatments tend to cost way more because obviously it's a terminal uh, treatment. And unfortunately, the way the industry works is they take advantage of the fact that it's terminal, therefore increasing the price of the actual drug to, to use it. Thankfully, the company that I had worked for had a nonprofit that helped to support uh, people in that scenario that could not afford uh, the drugs at, at those costs. And so they did their best as a nonprofit to provide financial support to these people. But on top of that, while they were providing that support, uh, at the time, you would have to, uh, what's called adjudicate, uh, which is basically fill the prescription, you would ha still have to fill the prescription manually. And, and it would take two to three weeks, sometimes months, for a patient to receive their medication. So imagine you have just been given this diagnosis, whether it be cancer, multiple sclerosis, or any other major medical uh, situation, and you're told now that you're, the drugs to help you live longer are not going to arrive for another month or so. So you can basically take a month off your life right there. So what this company did is out of that, that pain, um, and they started asking the question, why? Why does it take two to three weeks to get the drugs to the uh, to their patients? Why does why is there this long arduous process? So what they did is they come, came up with a solution, an electronic, a digital solution that allows doctors to prescribe these medications from their office through this portal, and then through the portal it submits the prescription through the system, gets all of the what's usually considered um, uh, prior authorizations. Uh, most medical insurance companies require prior, prior authorizations before they approve a patient having these drugs. And so it goes through the prior authorization process and essentially the adjudication process all in the digital environment and happening within seconds. And in turn, the drug gets shipped out the very next day to the patient. And this whole technology was created on the simple fact of asking that question, why? Why does it take so long? So they solve that problem. And it goes back to uh, the first thing about personal problems. You know, even though this wasn't a personal problem, this was a question of curiosity to solve a problem. Because one thing you're going to notice is ideas in general are all problem-solving ideas. The, only, the reason you come up with ideas is to solve problems. Um, some of them may, may not seem like problems, especially if you're looking at things kind of that are more fashionable. Like, is it really solving a problem to create a garment that's worth $10,000? Um, well, the reality is, is there is a problem. And the problem that's being solved there is a person's inability to feel comfortable either in their own skin or in a social environment with having something that's less expensive and less, um, you know, chic. So people will pay a significant amount of money for a garment that costs $10,000 if it makes them feel better. And, and it's not an attack on those type of people or the people that have that kind of mentality. It's just that is exactly what it's doing that is solving that problem. You need a dress that's a problem to solve and you want to feel special and you want to feel rich um, as far as quality. Uh, you want to feel, you know, uh, 
you know, whatever psychological feeling is going on inside, but and that's what it's solving. It's solving that problem. So in the, in the case, in this case, um, this was a specific situation where asking the question why actually gets gets a product idea. And that product idea to this day has been very successful. And we're talking, uh, the company I used to work for is now, I believe, worth over a billion dollars. And it all came um, from stemming from this idea that... Uh, that it shouldn't take that long for for patients, especially terminal patients, to to receive their their prescription drugs, um, you know, any longer than they need to in order to survive. So another story of a of a product or or an idea that came out of curiosity. It's actually not a product, but more just an idea that came out of curiosity. Um, so a student. So I went to a specific college uh, in Florida, and uh, and just to save face for not only the student but also for the college. Um, this student in the engineering program was trying to find a way in order to get some of the some of the classes with the best teachers based on feedback from other students. And so this person created uh, was wondering, okay, why why can't I just select the classes that I want with the people that I want, you know, in my classes? So what this guy did, this gentleman, this, this student. So he ended up creating a software platform that allowed students to access the course selection uh, technology that's used by the college in order to build your courses for the semester and allow them to use this single sign-on, single login, essentially, to go in and register for classes once classes opened up for that student, which happened to be in a state where his he he's allowed to sign up for classes first, um, I don't remember exactly how the technology worked, but what I do remember is that he did get reprimanded, unfortunately. Um, but in, but he did receive a lot of accolades from outside companies who were looking into his technology for the fact that it did solve this major question of, you know, if I'm a college student and I want to have classes with my friends. Why can't I just find out where my friends' classes are and what classes they're having, and then I can have my classes with my friends? And so I believe, if, if I remember correctly, I believe the college, after they reprimanded him, ended up building in some, some things into the tech, their technology to allow people to see who their friends' classes are. But it's just another I, another thought, another, another concept of what, what I was uh, mentioning is just that Sometimes ideas come out of that curiosity. Is why can't I do this? Like, why doesn't this exist? And why? And how can I make it work? And so that's the second way of of generating ideas. Now, again, these are just idea generation. These are just a numbered ways of generating ideas. I don't have all of them. It's not an extensive list. Um, but I had the ones that were most important, and I figured I'd tell you guys those. Uh, so then, so then the next one is, and probably the one that I like the most. This is because, again, for me, not not being creative, this is the most logical for me. Um, and the way that I come up with ideas, and the way that people, uh, actually, my company, we come up with ideas, um, and it's simply through um, news, magazines, through basically environment, whether it be a social environment, political environment. Um, again, uh, newspaper clippings, articles. Um, I don't know who reads a newspaper anymore, but now everything's all on an iPad, but. You know, we read articles and we read, uh, you know, publications where they talk about certain er issues that are happening in society and economics, politics, all that kind of stuff. 
And so these are what's called external factors. Now, in the business world, these external factors are what's used in order to determine business strategies with, uh, with large organizations. Um, uh, if you're looking into uh, business strategy as a profession, this is one of the things you'll run into several times because it's a way to determine the effects of external factors on your business. And so for me, this is the most logical way to determine like what kind of ideas to come up with and how ideas get generated. Um, again, they're not new ideas. A lot of them aren't new ideas or they're, they're basically improvements on previous ideas. So external factors. So, so there's a thing called PESTEL. Uh, it's an acronym. It's P-E-S-T-E-L. And what a PESTEL is, it's, the, it's an analysis based on these criteria. So the first P stands for political. So you come up with uh, external factors that are political and you may generate ideas off of that, um, how politics plays a role in society and business, and then come up with ideas of how you can solve problems in that political landscape. So that's the P. Uh, the E is for environmental. Um, we've seen a lot of this uh, in recent years with, uh, with you know, economical cars, um, different ways to ex uh, dispose of waste. Um, all of those are ideas that generated out of an environmental um, external factor uh, in society. Um, and so solving those problems in an environmental state sometimes helps uh, come up with great ideas um, for new business opportunities. Social, that's what the S stands for. Social, I mean, a pretty obvious social situation is obviously mobile apps, cell phones. Um, that's a huge social thing. I mean, uh, when Steve Jobs and his team sat down and, and came up with the iPhone, a lot of it was basically combining a bunch of social norms of how people interact on their day-to-day -day basis and coming up with a technology that actually worked for that. So that's a, to me, that's a very important, uh, you know, external factor to take into account. Uh, the T stands for technological. Uh, technological, so that's a little bit tricky being in technology. Now, someone who's not in technology, I would see them as being more successful and coming up with a great idea for technology. When you work in technology like I do, you, you have so many technological ideas out there, you think there are none left. So it's really difficult for me um, in that aspect. But I think for most people, um, outside of technology, they can come up with new technology ideas left and right um, and, and figure out how technological factors um, affect them as, as human beings and also their businesses. Um, for me, I, you know, technology, technology factors is very, I mean, I see techno technological changes every single day. And sometimes it's really difficult for me to, to even drum up ideas from a technological standpoint. Um, but there are people that are really good at that. And so, and I really, you know, applaud them and Actually, I'm, I'm envious of them for that. Um, so, but that's what the T stands for, technological. The the second E is uh, in PESTEL is economical. So there could be some economical factors that affect or create ideas. Uh, for instance, um, you know, we all know the Walmarts and, you know, um, you know companies like that that service uh, t uh, families in times of financial need. Um, so... Ideas that come out of that could be, um, you know, low-cost solutions uh, to new products or old products, uh, low-cost solutions to other things based on economics. Um, or, in turn, um, as we see today where the iPhone is $1,500 and 
Samsung is now releasing their phone, which is $2,000. And it's all based on the fact that we are in a great economical state and money is flowing nicely across the U.S. And so that's what's triggering them to make products that, you know, are not new, but they're an idea that was generated off of the fact that we are in good economic standing. So let's make something more expensive and bright and shiny that everyone's going to love and everyone's going to play with. And then the last one is L for legal. So this was a little bit difficult because I'm not a huge legal guy. Don't know that many people that are legal. I mean, I have a lawyer. I have lawyers. And so it's a little bit different uh, mentality. So legal, um, but this doesn't pertain to legal as far as a lawyer. It pertains to legal, like legal factors. So for instance, a perfect example I gave earlier uh, where the company I worked for in the medical industry, there was a change in, in the legal system to promote the use of technology for healthcare. And so in that aspect, when whoever was studying that at that time or, or taking into account that external factor of legal changes, they may have either pivoted their business or started a new business with the idea of servicing those new legal changes. Um, one, there's another company that's um, right here in Florida, in Orlando, Florida, that actually provides a service that specifically uh, does, um, they provide document storage that falls in line with legal compliances. Um, and so their whole business, and, and it's a brand new business, only been around for a few years, um, is basically doing document store that falls under certain compliances that, that make the business that businesses they work with fall into the compliances based on these legal factors, these new legal, these new laws uh, that have come into play. And so even Amazon Web Services, who's uh, we are, uh, well, I'm an Amazon Web Services partner at Grata Software, and even them, um, they have the GovCloud, which uh, is a modification of their current cloud architecture that is specific to the government to fall under all of those legal compliances as well. So legal is a definitely a way, uh, another external factor to take into account when coming up with a new or an existing idea. And so an example of, of something to look at, um, so I said environmental earlier, and, and I have this good example of, uh, of Kevin Costner's ocean therapy solution. So back years ago when BP had the major oil spill in the Gulf, Kevin Costner's uh, created, had a company called Ocean Therapy, and what, they're, what they were doing is actually using devices that will filter out the water and the oil. So it would take the water, water and oil particles and separate them out, essentially filtering out oil from the water system or sorry, the water, the ocean. And so that's an, that's an idea that came about as an en environmental uh, solution to a problem of oil spills. And so that's just one of those things that, uh, to take into account, um, for that. So again, just, you know, um, I really like the idea of using magazines and news articles and stuff like that because it's it's in your face. The hard part is is getting your mindset to a point where you can watch a news or a news or a segment or watch or read a magazine and uh, and come up with ideas off of that just from seeing problems that are existing across you know the world or the nation or what have you or even locally. And so um, so that's that. So well, uh, we're out of time, but. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys listening in. And these are just a few ways to generate new business ideas. I hope I could help you kind of come up with some new ideas uh, or actually look into different ways of coming up with new ideas. Um, just look to the Grata software site uh, for upcoming blogs that uh, 
that goes further into idea generation with some tips and tools uh, to guide you. Um, we are working on a two day webinar that includes more of an expanded list of idea generation methods and some workshops. Um, look out for that as well. Um, again, thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to support uh, what we do here um, at Grata Software and this podcast, um, just share, subscribe, leave a review over iTunes. Um, and uh, and we greatly appreciate it. Again, this is uh, Ray Ortega. This is the Drive Time in the Morning podcast uh, sponsored by Grata Software, Who You Media. And, you know, we're looking forward to to having you listen to the next podcast. So so that's all for now. And, uh, and I'll see you at the next episode of the Drive Time in the Morning podcast.